0: There is nothing connected with the staging of a motion picture that a woman cannot do as easily as a man. Alice Guy Blashe.
1: Welcome
2: to Gal's Guide to the Galaxy. Your host, Lisa Leo, leads a roundtable in the universe to discuss women in music, literature, science, and more. Morning. Warning. Time travel is possible.
3: Hello
0: and welcome, everyone. I'm your host, Lisa Leo. On this episode, we're talking about movies. We're going to cover the best films centered around female friendships, top movie destinations and museums, stereotypes in female roles, and some gender focused dialogue tests. I'm most excited, though, to cover the film pioneers whose creations and contributions have shaped the film industry as we know it, and yet you probably have never even heard of them. Until now. It's time to shine a spotlight on these incredible women. But before we do that, let me introduce my guest for today. First is Dr. Leah Leach. Hello. Hello. I'm so happy to be back again.
2: Oh my goodness! I keep thinking you're gonna kick me out.
0: <laughs> I I feel very lucky to have you here, especially since you
2: are a director or yes. you're a retired director. Right? I am retired. I retired two years ago, but I did. Uh, I was a writer, director, producer for ten years. And uh, I made 17 glorious little movies that I was very proud of.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. 17. That's, that's a lot. Yeah.
2: Well, I worked on probably about 50 more projects. I call them other people's projects. So, you know, I would work on the Sci-Fi Channel or Investigated Discovery. But of my little babies, uh, I made 17 of those. The ones I chose to love. <laughs> awesome. So do you have a favorite movie genre? I do. I don't know if it is technically a genre. And I say this with some kind of certainty because I worked in a video store and this genre did not exist in the video store. However, uh, I still believe it exists. I like inspirational movies. That is probably the drama section, but there are some comedies. There are some sci-fis that will fall into inspiration, uh, mythic, message-driven. Those are my
0: favorites. Those are my go-tos. Nice. All right, next is Phoebe Freer. Hi, Phoebe. Hi. We're glad to have you
1: back. Thank you.
0: And you actually are currently a director, is that right? Yes, so
1: I call myself a filmmaker because I direct, I edit, um, produce, I started out writing. Um, So I do a little bit of everything, and I actually know Leah because of filmmaking, So she was my mentor, and that's how we first got to know each other before we even, like, started talking about podcasts.
0: Oh, I love that. That's great. And last, but certainly not least, is Rebecca Burfanger. Hello. Hello. So, Rebecca, do you have any experience in filmmaking?
3: So I don't have necessarily filmmaking experience, but I have a lot of film-related, like film-adjacent experience, I guess. So I worked in a video store like Leah, which is awesome. I didn't know that. Uh And and I always get a little sad when I hear blockbusters are gone forever almost. They're not quite, but close. (laughs) Uh, I'm also on a screening committee for the Indie Film Festival. I've been doing that for several years. I'm an arts journalist, which I've done for many, many years. And also, as a lawyer, I represent filmmakers and hope to re- represent more filmmakers. So that's um, that's my film-related experience.
0: Nice. Yeah. So that's that's great, because everyone's got some level of experience. I I don't have any with film. Mine's with theater and mostly just acting. But I, I like that we all have a certain level of experience in entertainment. So that's awesome. Absolutely. Um I want to backtrack because I totally forgot to ask <laughs> Phoebe, what is your favorite movie genre?
1: Um, that's a tricky question for me because I tend to um, jump back and forth. I was going to say drama until I heard Leah say inspirational. And I was like, man, because that's, ki- that's the kind of movie I like to make inspirational dramas, basically. Um, so I, I guess, I guess that, w- that would be my genre of choice and mystery. So, yeah, I can't pick just one. That's going to be a thing with me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Um, how about you, Rebecca?
3: So, yeah, it's hard to pick just one. I mean, I would probably say um, documentaries. That's what I usually screen for the film festival. Yes. And I feel like I watch a lot of movies where Yay. I'm like, if this was a documentary, it'd be so much better. And I I think the <laughs> one, oh, I can't, now I'm blanking on the name, but the one where the guy, they go on the road trip to see like the first Star Wars movie, or not the first one, but the Phantom Menace where they go to the George Lucas' estate. I always thought, what is that movie called? You guys remember what I'm talking about? I'm, yeah, I, I know the it. one you're
2: talking about. And it's not Saving Star Wars. That was the local Indiana film that was made. No. I know it was produced by Kevin Spacey in a Trigger Street film. And, and I cannot wasn't. remember the title. I will but go I, back to and find it I, out. <laughs> I,
3: but I kept thinking it was a documentary when I was hearing about it. And then when I started to watch it with friends, I was like, this would be better as a documentary. And my friend was like, yes, exactly. I wish that, <laughs> I wish it was a documentary. As a filmmaker who's yes. so yes. made better.
1: documentaries, that makes me so happy.
3: <laughs> yeah it's just I mean the other one I guess would be like I also like foreign kind of weird movies so like I wrote about French New Wave I guess another mm-hmm. thing I, in college I wrote a lot of film papers and I'll, I'll talk I'll end up talking about that I'm sure in this podcast but um but one of my papers I wrote was about French New Wave and the connection with French journalists and I was I kind of want to get back into that but I don't necessarily have time and I don't know if that sounds like pretentious to say well I like the French Nouvelle Vague films <laughs> And documentaries, but it's that's just what I'm into, you know, like I know not everybody's into it, but that's just that's kinda my thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I like um fantasy and sci fi. I mean, that's that's my favorite and I think mostly because uh it takes us outside of our own reality. You know? Yeah, that um, makes sense. I get to explore things that probably aren't possible and characters that are possible in worlds that don't exist as far as we know Mm -hmm. you know um does does anyone have a favorite movie they want to share I have a favorite movie because I was
2: trained very early on to always be able to answer this question Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) uh it seemed like I, I remember the first Probably the first real interview I got as a filmmaker, like, this was their instant question. I was like, oh, man, I need an answer to that one. Right. Because then the second one was, what was the budget for the movie that I just watched of yours? And I'm like, okay, well, I know that one. So those are the two <laughs> common questions for any up-and-coming filmmaker. What's your budget? What did you film on? And what's your favorite movie? And they will yep. judge you on all oh, of that. Oh, yeah,
1: absolutely. Um
2: <laughs> So my answer is unfair, but then again, so is the question, Uh, (laughs) because I believe there's two different kinds of favorite movie. There's a favorite movie that you would watch every day if you could, and you would never get sick of it. And then there's a favorite movie that you rarely ever watch, because when you watch it again, you want it to be brand spanking new. Mm-hmm. and oh, yeah. you want to like forget how much you loved this movie until you see it again so the one that i could watch every single day is guess who's coming to dinner the sydney portier Catherine mm-hmm. Hepburn, spencer tracy movie i love that movie i learned something new every time i watch it and i highly recommend it and then the movie that i barely ever watched so i remember its genius is casablanca mm. yeah because i love that one oh, it's very gosh. good if you wait yeah it if is. you wait it'll happen And Rebecca, the movie was called Fanboys that you were talking about. Oh,
3: yes, yes, yes. There you go.
2: That's how my (laughs) brain works. (laughs) Would have been better as a
3: documentary. I'm sticking to it. You really would have.
2: Yeah, no, you're right. You're right.
0: (laughs) All right. So I want to just get right into our main discussion here because we have so many exciting things to talk about. So first, let's start with a fun article from Gal's Guide. It's 26 movies about female friendship And these are just perfect for a gal's night. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So I want to talk about our favorites on the list, any on the list that we haven't seen that we would like to view, and anything that you would like to add. So, um, Phoebe, would you like to go first? Sure.
1: Yeah, so my favorite from the list was actually, it it was kind of a toss-up, but I think I have to go with Pitch Perfect. Just because it's kind of got the whole package it's got singing it's got girl power it's got pretty a little bit of everything I love all the gals there and uh, the runner up to that is league of their own so it's like yeah um, th- those are my
3: two top picks for for my favorite from that list nice
0: how about you Rebecca?
3: So I there are so many good ones on this list, it was hard to just pick a couple, but I, um, I think after reviewing it, I think Bridesmaids, because when I watched it, when it first came out, I was about the same age as the characters, and I have a lot of, you know, a lot of friends who are getting married, and I could really relate to them on a level maybe I couldn't when I, like, <laughs> I love fried green tomatoes, but I was a kid when that came out, so even though I love that movie, I wasn't, like, quite, I mean, I guess they were kids at some points in the movie, but I wasn't, like... The same age as the. You didn't main gel characters. with it right away, like it wasn't yeah. you right now. Yeah, yeah. like I thought yeah. it was. I loved it, but I was yeah. I was like I liked it for different reasons, and then maybe for teen me, maybe like Clueless because I then I was like, oh, I was kind of the same age as the Clueless characters when that one came out. Oh yeah. Um, mm. But I still haven't seen uh, Hidden Figures or the new Ghostbusters, which I know is a oh. shame. So okay. I know. There's still time. I know.
0: There, <laughs>
3: there is. So hopefully I'll get around We to might it, ask but... you in a week, shame. though, if, we, uh, if you've seen it yet,
1: though. <laughs> right.
2: They are pretty good.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and Melissa McCarthy in Bridesmaids is pretty much as hilarious as you can get.
3: Oh, yeah. She's yeah. my I...
0: doppelganger, uh, physically.
2: Uh, she is way funnier than me, though.
3: But <laughs> well, I love you both. Like... And I was almost thinking like one that was missing that I don't know one someone just said something that like the Oh, you said a perfect for a girl's night in like I just recently watched the heat with a couple of friends. And that movie, (gasps) right? I'm sure I'd seen it before. But I just it was just so funny. And they're not quite friends in the beginning, but they kind of get a friendship or i guess they do things that friends would do and i don't know with, they and, form and, a friendship without, throughout yeah, it. They, yeah they don't really have boundaries or at least <laughs> melissa mccarthy's character doesn't have boundaries so <laughs> <laughs> so i really I, that's probably the one i would i mean i had a couple other ones i listed before this but i think that's probably the one i would i would add at this point
2: Leah, how about you? Uh, My favorite is Hidden Figures or A League of Their Own. Guessed it. Yes, I I didn't want to say A League of Their Own because I said A League of Their Own for the sports list of movies that we had. So I was like, "Well, there's going to be a common theme." No, we're gonna keep saying A League of Their Own. (laughs) Yeah. So it had to be Hidden Figures, and then you know what? Ones that are on here that I actually haven't seen. I haven't Mm. seen Pitch Perfect. I have somehow missed it. Wow. I haven't seen it
3: either. Yeah, I don't know how I've missed it. And then
2: Francis Ha. I hear so many great things about Francis Ha, and I have not seen that one uh, yet. So I want to.
0: Wow. Yeah, so Leah, we're pretty much on the same page ah. just about because I wanted to go with A League of Their Own and also felt guilty about <laughs> episode two I sports where we gushed about A League of Their Own then. I'm like, I can't yeah. gush about it again. True. But then I thought, why not? It's that it good. It really is <laughs> that good, though. If it's yeah. good, it it's still down. came out
2: of my mouth. But I, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. So
0: I, I am going to still mention it. But I do also want to say now and then. Um, oh, I good. have wow. not seen yeah. it since yeah. a chi- since I was a child. But it, I mean, that is all about female friendship. I mean, yeah. from childhood to adulthood. And I think that's really sweet. Um, something I'd like to see is Ghost World. Because I've never seen that one. And I I've thought nev- that... That was on um, my list too,
1: the- yeah. I haven't seen
2: Ghost yeah, World.
0: Yeah, that and uh, Frances Ha. Just like oh, you. Oh,
2: know. look at that. Yeah. <laughs> and
0: I... I was thinking for a little while about a movie I would want to add, and I thought of the perfect one. It's The Babysitter's Club. Oh, yeah! (laughs) That's right! With Elizabeth Shue, that one. Um, This was the... One from oh, 1995 based right. on the Babysitter's Club book series. Yes. I was um, thinking Adventures of Babysitting, which was not based, based on the book. You're thinking of Adventures of Babysitting. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, and the Babysitter's Club was all about friendship and running a business as teenagers. It was so sweet. Um, yeah. And there's another one called um, For a Good Time Call. And it's um, I don't know how much detail I should really get into on the podcast about it, oh, but it's go two for it. <laughs> it's it's two roommates who are trying to make ends meet, so they uh, get jobs on a uh, sex hotline. Nice, <laughs> oh. and they're two totally different women, but they form a friendship, and it, it's it's really interesting to see less um typical like women who just click and they just get along really well. They they have a bit of um. They, they have a, an uphill battle in trying to get along with each other. They're more roommates than friends at first. So it's an interesting yeah. dynamic to watch. Yeah. Huh. I like yeah. that idea. I like that dichotomy. It's not perfect to begin with, it's
2: not like they've yeah. been friends forever. It teaches you how to actually have a friendship. And exactly. Yeah.
0: Exactly. I dig yeah. It. Yeah. yeah.
1: And just real yeah. quick, I would add. Um, well, two movies that me and my mom really, really love that we always watch together is Practical Magic and Chocolat. They're like Chocolat is more oh, like yeah. a a mother, well, actually both of them are like sisterly or like mother-daughter relationships. So, those those two are like really strong for in, like on the forefront of my mind when I think of like female-powered films.
0: Nice. Nice. Yeah. I love Practical Magic. That's oh, a great yeah. one. <laughs>
1: We'll yeah. watch that any time any day of the week. We'll just be like, what do you want to watch? Practical magic? All right, let's go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and uh, yep. Tuesday night is figured out. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, because you you get the sisterly bond and the friendship. Exactly. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great one. All right. So now we are going to go straight into our time travel gal. Yay. And I I think we're all really really excited for this lady because she is very very special and this is Alice Guy Blachet. And (laughs) to give a little bit of background, um, everyone should know who she is. She she is known as the first female filmmaker. I mean that's a pretty big title. Yeah, that's that's a big deal. Mm -hmm. It's a very Um, big deal. (laughs) Her innovations include, (laughs) yeah. Now, sh- now, she's got a lot of things to credit, so bear with me. I'm just going to run through these really quick. Her innovations include being the first to tell a story on film. She essentially created narrative filmmaking. She was known for her motto, be natural, when referring to performance and acting. She was the first to use synced sound, which led to the first music video. She was the first to feature interracial casts. She made over a thousand films, one of her first being The Cabbage Fairy, which She made on, oh, you know, her lunch break, no biggie, right? (laughs) She was also the first female to run a movie studio, which was also the largest pre-Hollywood studio in America in Fort Lee, New Jersey, way before California. In 2013, she was inducted into the New Jersey Hall of Fame. And back in 2012, Martin Scorsese accorded her the Directors Guild of America Lifetime Achievement Award, saying, it is the hope and intention of the DGA that by presenting this posthumous special directorial award for lifetime achievement, the Guild can both raise awareness of an exceptional director and bring greater recognition to the role of women in film history.
2: I loved that. Yeah. I remember that day how, too. How
0: about that? That's how I learned about Alice
2: was, the, was Marty. Yeah, I loved that. Wow. It, I was like, I'm sorry. I never heard of her. I went to film school. I never heard of her and I was like Martin Scorsese is telling me about her and I'm like oh I gotta (laughs) learn about her oh yeah so
0: so so she's not really taught in film school she was not taught
2: in film school at all no that is a tragedy it really is considering what you're learning when you're learning about especially when you're learning about independent production which is very much what early hollywood was Mm -hmm. so early production creating a studio creating new narrative and using new technology she would be a fantastic role model for film students absolutely and she's not taught yeah yeah it's terrifyingly sad
0: yeah yeah (laughs) That's that's interesting. So you f- i because I was that was the first thing I was gonna ask was how you first learned about her. So Martin Scorsese. Yes. Wow.
2: Yeah. Um I would I had been making films for a very long time, but not till two thousand and twelve. Yeah. Did I really wow. hear about her? And wow. it kind of it makes you feel bad as a filmmaker. Oh my like gosh, wait, yeah, this is my passion, this is my industry. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? These are my pioneers and my heroes and I didn't know exactly
1: like she's <laughs> but, our role model see, and like but I'll she she's like the person I should have known about from the start when I decided hey I want to be a filmmaker she's the first name that should have like rolled out of somebody's tongue like it should have been Alice Gublish but I did not hear about her until me and Leah started a podcast about um Gals of History and um that's when I, like, Leah taught me about Alice Gieblasche. And as soon as I started researching it, I was like, I wanted to cry. Because I was like, I should have known about her so much sooner. I've been um, doing this not as long as Leah by any means. But enough years that I really, really should have known about her. And I didn't. And it was like, wow, she, she is like our mother of film she is who i have to thank for being able to do what i do today
3: wow but see that's like weirdly i knew about her and i didn't do film school so i know
0: that's what's how interesting.
3: interesting how yeah. did you learn about her so i wish i could remember exactly i know i did a paper about women filmmakers in college and i probably just looked up women filmmakers in, i don't know the card catalog <laughs> or something Right, that makes sense <laughs> and i remember like and when I went to Ball State, they mm. had videos of movies she had, I mean, this is how long ago I was, I was in college in the 90s. So they had video that you could check out and I would watch some of her movies and I was like, oh, this was really fascinating. Or maybe it was just like one video that had like compilation of, you know, because not a lot of her stuff um survived, Yeah, survived. still exists. Yeah, but whatever they could find. I mean, I remember there was like a video and I, and Lee and I have talked about this at length actually, which is kind mm-hmm. of funny because like, yeah, like how I found out about her in the mid 90s, I wish I could know. But then I also had this – when my parents went to um, Europe for one of their anniversaries, like, in the early 2000s, maybe, like, 2001, I want to say, my dad saw – and I I probably talked about her with my parents or family or, you know, whatever, because I thought she was so awesome. And they had this, like, French magazine from the airplane or something that had, like, a whole article about her in it. Mm -hmm. and. And my dad brought it home, or he or he mailed it to me. I was I was living out um, in a different city at the time from them, and he like mailed it to me and was like, "Hey, I found this article. I thought you'd find it interesting about this woman filmmaker." I was like, "Oh, funny you send this to me, because like two years ago I wrote a paper about her." Um, <laughs> That's so amazing. But yeah, so I've so yeah, so how I knew about her, I yeah, I wish I I wish I knew like the whole story, but I just know it's something that. But I also knew that not a lot of people knew who she was probably similar to a lot of other filmmakers I'd studied knowing like okay not a lot of people are going to know who a lot of those older filmmakers cuz again like their stuff either didn't survive or they're just not talked about as much today even if they were like her a huge influence on the industry but just don't necessarily get the credit for or at least she doesn't get the credit I think we would all agree for what um what she contributed even back then and I think too it was just it was one of those things in the one of the articles I read about her back then I still remember it was they mentioned how back then, like, filmmaking, for a lot of, um, I guess, various reasons, was considered kind of like a hobby. And especially mm. if a woman was doing it, it was just kind of like, oh, she's just on this fun little thing she does with her movie making. Even though there were filmmakers then, it wasn't like she was the yeah. only one doing it. Well, there was but no because, money in it, and there
2: was no yeah, shelf life. Right. Like, once they showed, they weren't even keeping, a lot of times, the reels, so... It right. wasn't a business yet, which was right. unfortunate. Right.
3: But she still had the opportunity to be able to, yeah, to innovate in there, in that yeah. space that she wouldn't have necessarily had the same opportunity like 10, 20 years later if she hadn't already been in it. So I don't yeah. know. So I, I, I think, you know, I was just like a, a big um, women's rights person in general. I mean, obviously I was writing about her when I was in school or whatever. I just, um, I find her very fascinating. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: I, I was thinking like I, I hadn't heard of her before listening to the Your Gal Friday podcast. Um, which by the way I should mention if anyone wants to hear it, it is episode number one. Yep. It's, it's, the very first it's first our very first.
1: first we had and to. We're both it is filmmakers. The first one. <laughs> we came together and, because and of filmmaking.
3: Film I mean it was She is a priority. Yeah. <laughs> I was like it, this is the one. We it's to, still my um, favorite. It's still oh, my favorite oh, of yay, all the podcasts. Thank so. you. Aww. Yeah. Yeah. It's it was still my favorite. So well
0: researched and it yeah, it was super interesting. Um, and the thing that I was reminded of listening to that episode was she kind of, I kind of relate her to film. What we relate Sister Rosetta Tharp to rock and roll, yeah. absolutely. Very much so. Yeah, so you got it. Yeah, that's a really yep. good comparison. Yeah, and um, you know, and and once again, I was able to learn about her from. Leah, you know, your gal Friday. I mean, it's it's amazing how much stuff like if you if you don't seek out this information like it will pass you by. It will. I, yeah. It'll yeah. pass you by, but but then I also like start panicking like what else Do I not know to seek out? Correct. This is incredible. Well, that's why Um, Your
2: Gal Friday has one episode every Friday, as long as our season allows, so we can at least fill that void as much as possible. (laughs) Exactly. So it's like, don't panic, but yes, there is more to learn about. But I am also a firm believer of um, these these gals Mm -hmm. will uh, come to you when you need them. You know what I mean? Like when you start to seek out who were the women that were doing such-and-such such, or what were women doing around such-and-such such time? Mm-hmm. You'll find them. And that's when you're kind of supposed to. You know what I mean?
0: Absolutely. They're,
2: yeah, they kind of call out to you a little bit like a muse or a siren. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> it's so true. So it, it, it's it got me thinking, like, why haven't we heard of her? Why is she so hard to find information about? And I'm, I'm curious if anyone has... A similar take. I feel like it's probably a combination of, for one thing, uh, we're talking about the fact that the film wasn't really well preserved back then. They didn't, you know, hold on to the reels. Um, the biggest obvious one, she was a female and yep. probably never taken nearly as seriously as her male counterparts. But I'm also curious if the fact that Fort Lee did very little to preserve pre-hollywood studios. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. yeah. if if maybe that has something to do with it because if there's some level of historical preservation, it's a lot easier for people to go, "Oh, wow, look at there's a there's a museum, there's a landmark over there mm-hmm. we can go explore and learn something." Whereas if it's a grocery mm-hmm. store, I mean, it's a grocery yeah, store it's, now. It's a grocery grocery studio now, yeah. is a sign in mm-hmm. a grocery store. Yep. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm.
2: her house is a noodle house and it's like Yeah. It, for, to me, when I was there and I was just looking around, it's Fort Lee has moved on and they, for some odd reason, did not want to cement their time um, they, it, it, at one point or another. Because we're also talking like 1894, mm-hmm. you know yeah. what I mean? We're talking early on. And I mean, uh, New Jersey and New York, things changed by the minute there. but. Yeah. It is very peculiar to me that they did not want to hold on to that heritage. Yeah. Um, there's something odd there about that. And I just, I feel it. And I feel sad when I'm there. Exactly.
1: I agree. <laughs> I feel yeah. very strongly that a big part of it is the fact that she was a woman. Because you know, or people know the name George Milliers. Like, I knew of that name. There was a movie Hugo, which is one of my favorite movies. But it was... It featured George Melies, but it should have also included Aliski Blache, which it didn't. And also the fact that I'm—I wonder, does Hollywood even want to admit that there was something before Hollywood? Like mm. they don't—they don't, they don't Ooh, want you to think, point. "Oh, ho- no, Hollywood's always existed." That's like kind of what they want us to think. Like we've always been here. This is always these are the rules, this is how it's always been, but it's not, and so I kind of wonder, between those two, like, there's still not fair pay for women in Hollywood or fair recognition, so it's like, between those two things, I feel like it's like, okay, this sadly kind of makes sense.
2: I kind of go with, history is told by the victors, and Hollywood won. Exactly. Mm
3: -hmm. Yep. Mm.
0: Wow. That that kind of gives me chills.
3: That, I know, and that's
0: sad. why
2: I feel sad when I when I'm in that uh, because D, because remember D W Griffith was right there with Alice yep. too. They were all making movies in Fort Lee, New Jersey. So yep. mm-hmm. um, so the big names, uh, Thomas Edison, even had one of his first, you know, what I mean, kind of like black the the black box, you know yeah. what I mean, the filming sort of yeah. thing. Uh, yeah. Those were located in Fort Lee, New Jersey, because there was space and and the light was good and the sound was good and things like that. Right, but um, but. Uh, Having having them forget about it, I do feel like it was history's not going to remember us. They're going to remember the victors of Hollywood. So yep. we'll just let them have that that one then. We've still got uh what? Bruce Springsteen, we'll take that.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we got Bon Jovi. We're okay. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah.
2: So I
0: actually I actually wanna share a, a kind of cute little story about Fort Lee and and Alice Guy because um, when I was listening to Your Gal Friday and you were mentioning that you went to the area and it was just a grocery store, I was like, huh, wouldn't that be funny if that was a grocery store I was in a few years ago? <gasps> oh, no. no. And I looked it up because, um, <laughs> yes, so um, I think this was back in 2014. Um, my husband was born in Fort Lee oh! and all of his, yeah, and all of his relatives are from there and we went up there for a family wedding. And I thought, boy, wouldn't that be the funniest thing if it was the same location? And when I looked it up, I almost fell out of my seat. I was squealing like a child. And I couldn't, I think it took me 20 minutes to come down from the, I can't believe this. This is so (laughs) great. And just to think, just to think it was the same spot, but also further proving my point. I had no clue. There you was there. nothing. Yeah. yeah. Oh there was gosh. nothing that indicated it. I'm walking into a store. I'm buying some bagels. Yeah. I have no clue. Oh, yeah. There's nothing there. You have to know and, to look for it. Yeah. Yeah. And and what's sad to me is that um, where I'm from in New Jersey, they honor Thomas Edison. Yeah. They're, you know, they have, they have the, um, the museum set up. They have all these recreations. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? exhibits so what you mean thank you they have an exhibit (laughs) of his uh his laboratory and all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff right very much love him yes and of course probably because he's a dude pretty much (laughs) oh yeah also (laughs) he had a great PR campaign we we can't we obviously can't use the argument that they just don't like preserve historical landmarks and and places of significance not true it's it seems to be a specific one that just wasn't cared about. But um, yeah, I just, I couldn't get over that. I was like, wow, I was in the same spot and I didn't even know it. That was so funny when you mentioned that. I was like, I have to look this up right now. So that is a wonderful serendipitous thing. I love it when that happens. That's creepy. Yeah. I could not wait to share that with everyone. (laughs) I don't know if I can hold this in. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I, I want to ask if any of you could go back in time and meet Alice, what would you want to ask her? What would you want to learn from her? Rebecca?
3: Um, I probably ask what she thinks of digital short movies that are mm. not, t- I mean, I'm not saying they're not, they're not easy to, I'm okay. They're not easy to make, but I wonder what sh- her thoughts would be because obviously when she was making her movies, It involved a lot more um, in terms of like she had to make up her own special effects. Now, like anybody with with basically access to a video editing program that pretty much Mm -hmm. comes with almost every computer or Snapchat or whatever has all these filters you can add. I would just kind of be curious what she thinks or maybe she think it was great because it would, you know, you could be more creative or maybe she think it was stupid because it's not it's not as creative because you're using somebody else's idea to do that I, mean, I don't know i just that's that would be my question for her
0: that'd be a good one mm-hmm. yeah how about you leah um
2: it's gonna sound dark and morbid especially with me being retired but i would honestly ask her from my heart if you could do it all again would you mm. still do it yeah, if she knew that she would get forgotten if she knew that People she not know what herself she created would she forgotten. still do it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. She she lived wow. uh, until the 60s, so she saw the industry start to make money and that breaks my heart. So that that's what I would want to know, but I also don't want to know. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely.
1: Cuz if her <laughs> answer if her her is no then that would just break me.
2: <laughs> I would just I would understand. I'd be like I respect
1: that. Mm-hmm. No. Either I way, would understand, I but yes. I'd be like what do I do then?
0: It would break right. Phoebe. <laughs> How about you, Phoebe? Um, Well, I
1: think I would, like, if I was visiting her, I would explain, like, where Hollywood is now, where I am right now. And I'd basically just ask her advice. Like, what would you do if you were me? Like, what can I do to help be a pioneer like you were? Because. I honestly like she she was such a huge pioneer that it's it's hard to be like okay I can make a difference like that it's really hard so it's so I wonder like would she go to Hollywood would she stick with indie? would she like what what kind of advice in that kind of respect would she give me is kind of is what I would ask.
0: Mm, very nice. Yeah, I I think I would probably just ask her, how on earth did you create a thousand films? I know, right? <laughs> how how did you it's like how did you avoid burnout? How did you not run good out of ideas? Question. Um like how how did you do that and raise children yeah, oh, mm-hmm. and be a wife? And uh, run a whole company. I mean, yeah. She was like three films a week, wasn't it? Yeah, three films a week. Yep. Insane. Mm-hmm. Absolutely insane. And uh, you know, I also Man, it would be so great to actually time travel Wouldn't with it? our time travel gal. Oh, it would. <laughs> and I would love to see pre-Hollywood. I like, would have, too. I think I would have yeah. really liked it. I think I would have liked it more. I went to Hollywood. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I, I think to Phoebe's point, um, Hollywood's attitude that they're the only game in town or in the country, I mean, it, it does mostly hold true. It's really hard to you know, put on, you know, a production, most other locations, because they kind of have a monopoly on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting to think that there was a time that this, you know, it's, it's a, it's a beautiful area, but just so unassuming, like you would just never know mm-hmm. the, the, you know, the glamour and all the potential that Fort Lee had is so crazy, you know, it could have been, you know, just outside of New York City, you could have had, the new york city hollywood yeah just,
1: i wish it's, it's crazy stayed it would have so been cool much i mean yeah. It, yeah. it's definitely it would be within driving distance of me so i'm slightly biased in that respect but no it would be so cool <laughs>
3: oh,
1: nice. to if, if fort lee was still here you know
0: yeah yeah uh is there anything else anyone wants to mention or, or share about alice before we move on I always love the fact that um Alice
2: made more films than D.W. Griffith and Georges Méliès. I mean, actually if you add those two gentlemen's films together, you have the total amount that Alice yep. made. You got it. Uh yeah. on her own. And I I think that's phenomenal because I of course was taught D.W. Griffith <laughs> and I was taught Georges Méliès in film school. Right. And it's like, "Huh, interesting. Okay then." <laughs> wow. Yes.
3: I mean, and I think, too, she had, like, a sensibility that I don't want to say only, like, because she was a woman, but I feel like her film like, they're not necessarily feminine, but they're just seems something more, I guess, because that's her whole thing, be natural. So it just is very, like... They're grounded. Human and grounded and things that we want in movies even in 2018. Like, if something's fake, you can spot it a million miles away, but I don't think hers... I think she was genuine, which is another reason why making so many was so amazing because so it's like how do you keep doing this but maybe again sometimes it's just like if the art you know the artist shines through on their work I feel like that's kind of her um or that is her that's her that's her work absolutely. yeah that's her canvas yeah, yeah
2: absolutely
0: oh I feel I feel like it's so bittersweet it really, really it is. is no it really is
2: you get a touch of what uh, Phoebe and I are doing every uh, every, every week. week on your gal Friday. Every week we, we end do up this. crying over we these do. ladies many <laughs> we times, do. and it's like oh, it's uh, always it's I'm, always fine. A... I'm just crying over so and so
1: this week. Right, Exactly, <laughs> but that's why you guys do what you do. Roller coaster every single week.
3: Yeah, we really feel for them. Mm-hmm. But just keep sharing. Yeah, just and, keep sharing their think... stories, and that's all you got to do. Exactly, yeah. Yeah.
2: and we. I mean, it's not that we're the only ones that will ever tell their story, but we feel a responsibility that if we're going to tell it, then we need to honor them. Exactly. You know what I mean? And tell their story right and authentically and, you know, uh, not judge, but present it as it is, but then also learn from it no matter how ugly it
0: is. (laughs) So, yeah, it's lovely. And I I also think that what makes Alice so special is – she did all of this with probably, I think it's safe to say with no assumption of fame or anything like that, because this was new. This, this wasn't something where we know what film is now. And we know that there's people who do it for their passion and the art. And there's those who do it for that. And maybe also for fame Mm -hmm. or just are chasing fame. But she did this clearly because it's what she loved. Yeah. More, more than anything else. I was, and that's,
2: Awesome. I kind of relate it to this. I was uh, I was asked to give a talk about um, female pioneers, and I was trying to relate it because it was younger kids. So I was trying to relate it to today's standard, you know, because it's like, woo, movies—they've been around my entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, the very first YouTubers, the first mm-hmm. people who said, "My job is I make videos for YouTube." That is what it would have been for Alice being yeah, a filmmaker.
1: you're right. Yep.
2: It was yeah. ridiculous only a few years ago that you would make a living at that, that anybody would watch it for more than 30 seconds, that YouTube would exist in a few years. So that's the closest that I have to modern day to relate to what Alice was doing, um, mm. is being a YouTuber. And that's,
0: mm-hmm. it's sad, but I mean, it relates. <laughs> it does. No, it but makes sense. It, but it is a good parallel. Yeah. 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 Wow. Well, Alice, Alice is incredible. And we probably could talk about her. For oh, days. yes. <laughs> uh,
1: this is a but, this is a dangerous but... can of worms <laughs> worth me and Leah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we, we have a couple more to cover. We're going to move on to some more film pioneers. And these are all women mm. that came kind of on the heels of of Alice and. Um, we have three more that we're going to talk about, and obviously there's plenty more out there that we're not covering, but these are just a few of the standouts, and it's, it's mostly for the sake of time, um, but let's um, talk about them. We've got Lois Weber is the first one, and then we're going to talk about Dorothy Arzner and Margaret Booth. Um, so should we dive in each one separately? I think talk so. About one at a time. Yeah. Okay. Give so, them their chance in the spotlight. <laughs> absolutely. So let's talk about Lois first. So she was the first female Hollywood director and the highest paid at one time, even amongst her male peers. Which, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's
1: pretty impressive. It's hard to
0: hard to imagine, mm-hmm. right? She mm-hmm. was the first to use split screen. Uh, mm-hmm. The first to have female nudity the first to use controversial subject matters like abortion and birth control. She owned her own Hollywood studio, and she was the only woman in the Motion Pictures Directors Association. And one of my favorite facts, she was the first mayor of the brand new (laughs) Universal City. Yeah. I love that one, too. It was
2: contested, too, but she was.
0: (laughs) Oh, oh, I didn't know about that.
2: Oh, yeah, they wanted a recount. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, <laughs> They're like, wait
2: okay. a minute! But she's still uh, got it. Losers. Yeah, basically. <laughs>
3: wait, could women vote even back then? Like, could women vote in nineteen? 19- <laughs> it was, was
2: it was for mayor, so uh, I, I'm assuming. Uh, and it was a brand 1913? new city. Yeah. yeah, it was some kind of weird. I I don't know how she got it but also it was California. I mean, it's the Wild West, yeah. really, at that point. That's true. That's true. They probably yeah, had their that's own, true. Own
0: so was everybody familiar with Lois? I mean, I I would imagine if no one really got to learn about Alice, we probably didn't learn about Lois either. No, I
3: didn't. I hadn't heard of her before.
1: No, I heard of her because of Leah again. When we did the Women Pioneers podcast, we covered um, four, right, Leah? We covered four different ones. Yes. In that in that yep. one episode, and Lois was yep, one of exactly. them. Yep. Exactly. Yep.
2: Yeah, this was part of my research once I went into the shame spiral that is not knowing Alice. Uh, I learned about these other women.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> that's how Leah rules. <laughs> exactly.
2: I make up
0: for last time. <laughs> nice. Okay. Um. So next, and I just want to briefly go through all the women so we can kind of dive a little bit deeper into some questions about them. Uh, Dorothy Arzner is the next one. She had started in Hollywood. Around the end of Lois's career, mm-hmm. so it's kind of interesting this sequential like timeline. Yeah, they kind uh, of that, bump that against had. each other almost to a certain extent. Yeah, yeah. But then they yeah. push the industry forward as you'll see. Yeah, Dorothy edited Rudolph Valentino's Blood and Sand. She saved Paramount lots of money by using stock and B roll footage. She directed Clara Bow's first talkie, which that's mm-hmm. that's so cool the to it think. Girl. Like, now we're into the talkies, so I love that. She was the first woman admitted to the Directors Guild of America. She also launched the careers of some pretty notable women. We've got Katherine Hepburn, Rosalind Russell, and Lucille Ball. Mm -hmm. One of my favorites. Oh, yeah. Um, I think one of the coolest things about her was she invented the boom mic. Yeah, she did. Mm -hmm. And later in life, this was one of my favorite facts that I got to learn from the Your Girl Friday podcast was that she became a teacher at UCLA and one of her students was the Francis Ford Coppola. Mm. Yeah,
2: that's my that's favorite
0: cool. fact yeah. about her too. I mean, I love the boom mic, but
2: the fact that she was the <laughs> godfather's <laughs> teacher in California, wow. I love that. Yeah, that's yes. cool. <laughs> so awesome.
0: Um. Oh, and I should also mention that all of these women are covered in the film pioneers podcast, which is episode number 10 yes. of your gal Friday.
2: Yes. Oh yeah. We had a fun time talking about these oh, things. yeah. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> Was it hard to, to narrow down who you wanted to talk about? Um, to a certain extent, yes. um,
2: This one was one that I kind of steamrolled because I wanted to do a linear story. So I wanted to be Alice opened the door for who? And then Lois kind of opened the door or was passing the baton to who? And so on and so forth. I kind of wanted to to show an example of women opening the door for other women.
0: Absolutely. Um,
2: Because that was important for me.
0: Okay. Because I I was impressed by how they all just kind of seamlessly went from from like decade to decade in the timeline I was like this is this is flawless they needed to
2: yeah Yeah. and there's that's why there is
0: plenty more women to talk about (laughs) that we also
2: haven't heard of but yes right (laughs) yeah
0: absolutely and the final woman we're going to talk about is Margaret Booth and she started as a patcher for D.W. Griffith in 1915 She became a cutter, which I guess is what we now call an editor. Mm -hmm. Um, And she was known for cutting to a rhythm. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And before I go any further, uh, Leah or Phoebe, would you like to explain that cutting to a rhythm? Oh, Phoebe, hit it. You're an editor. I I always hated editing. Oh, no,
1: (laughs) I I started writing and then editing. So, yeah. So cutting to the rhythm. I don't know if you've ever, like, listened to a music video and, like, it's... like, the beat goes with the with the take or with the cut or that kind of thing. It's, um, sometimes I actually, it's, like, a full-body experience for me because, at least for me, just cutting a video, all I have to do is hit the space bar. So, it's, like, you're listening to the music, listening to the music, and space, and you're right there. Um, that's what she was doing, except for she had to physically cut film, so... That's even more impressive. <laughs> I am honestly I I you'd have to play the music and the film at the same time and then stop them at the same time and then physically cut the film and not have super anxiety about physically cutting something and then glue it back together and then keep going. Like that's that's what Margaret Booth did. Which is crazy. I mean she's I don't know. It makes me so excited that this is something that she did.
0: Yeah. Wow. So actually way more complicated than oh, digital. Absolutely. The, the luxury of yeah. having I've on, always like, been very, very, thankful oh, wow.
1: that I grew up in a digital age because I'm so much farther along right now than I would have had I started um, in film because like even for the sake of just money, film costs a lot of money, digital mm-hmm. costs less. So... Even just for that fact alone, I understand a lot more about film than I would have had I started on actual film um it's still I still want to learn actual film, but my point being that because it I live in a digital age, there's a lot of things that are easier now that we don't think about as as being difficult on on film now with that it's our jobs are still difficult because we have to learn a bunch of things that they didn't have to learn so it's still not simple anymore but
3: it's It's all
1: a craft it's still a craft right but it's it's different like when when you're thinking about me cutting a film versus margaret booth cutting a film they're completely separate things but the same kind of outcome
0: wow i i feel like i should have known better like I should have realized she's doing that on actual mm-hmm. film and not digital because I was like well that that seems that seems like a cool thing and I wasn't even oh, considering no. like but how then, incredibly difficult yeah that is, and you the have, permanence of it exactly that would just
1: I don't even I don't even know if I could have been an editor just because or a cutter just because of my anxiety because i would just be like but what if this isn't right you know at least with with digital right. you can undo what you just did or you can save this clip and insert mm-hmm. it later or something like that with film it's permanent you're done <laughs> and yeah. what
2: margaret did is she was um she was taught to edit first by using what was remaining on the cutting room floor Mm -hmm. so whatever was on the floor that was discards um, she just got to play with it and try to make a story out of nothing right and so you could mess up there it was a safe place to fall
0: Mm. yeah so knowing this certainly explains the rest of her you know her resume that we have to talk about that she was basically the go-to editor Mm at MGM and pretty much most, if not all films really didn't leave the studio without her imprint. Even if she was uncredited, she had a hand in the editing of these films and we're talking some big deals like Ben, Hur, the wizard of Oz. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. These aren't, you know, nothing. She was also Oscar nominated for editing mutiny on the bounty. Um, and in 1978, she was awarded an honorary Oscar, which is so cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, she was honored with the American Cinema Editor's Career Achievement Award in 1990. And her final film was 1982's Annie. And she had the longest spanning film career out of all four film Pioneer Gals that we've covered. Yep. Yeah. And it got me thinking, you could see how over the course of time, the the change from Alice, who got no recognition, to Margaret being awarded, being acknowledged for her work and some level of appreciation. It's interesting to see over the time span how how that recognition changed with each woman, how it grew and evolved. Mm -hmm. On the shoulders of each other. Yeah, unfortunately, but yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So if you could spend the day shadowing Any of these four women, who would you pick and what would you hope to learn from them? Rebecca, would you like to go first?
3: Um, Sure. I mean, so obviously I'd love to shadow Elise, but I think um, after kind of just going back through these and talking about it just now, I really appreciate Dorothy Arzner's story. Um, I don't know if it's because she started out wanting to be a doctor and then decided to be a filmmaker. (laughs) I love Um, that too. (laughs) Like I always just find that fascinating because I start, like I've had multiple careers and I'm not even 40 yet, but I still, I always appreciate people who kind of reinvent themselves, although I don't think she really got too far into the the medicine, world of medicine. Um, But I think just um, reading more about her and just about, You know, she invented something, even though she didn't have a patent, people still gave her credit for it, which is kind of outstanding. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also reading about how she didn't make it a secret about her sexuality, which is also a huge deal Um, that probably people I mean, I I guess, you know, whatever time period you talk about, there's always different levels of but also it's Hollywood people like we said earlier, it's California, people just kind of go with whatever. Wild West. um, (laughs) Wild West. Yeah, Wild Wild West. And then the whole, like, um, and I think, too, just, like, I didn't realize the Coppola connection, even though I should have read this before the podcast, but the Coppola connection is really interesting, because I actually have a Coppola thing I was going to mention later in the podcast for one of our other things, um, which I always, I find him, obviously, we all find him fascinating, too, even though he's a dude, and we're talking about women today. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, but I would think her, and I think just, yeah, kind of like the other pioneers, like, what you know what do you think of today's like if yeah like if we were going back in time and could show her something from the present and being like what do you think of this like is this good is this crap like (laughs) would you (laughs) would you be proud to be part of this world or would you or or maybe there's some movie that you know she'd be like oh but this movie really resonates with me like I really would have enjoyed working on you know so I think that would be my question again is like what do you think of today like today as in 2018 um, whether it's technology whether it's actual quality of filmmaking or, or whatever
0: Totally. Yeah. yeah.
1: How about you, Phoebe? Aside from Alice, I'm not gonna choose Alice because we just talked about her. Um <laughs> I think I would go with Margaret Booth just because it it fascinates me how she could be a cutter. Um that just every they say you make a film three times. Once in writing, once in filming it, and once in editing it. And so she made A lot of films and it's just it's awe-inspiring to me how she could become this person who literally everyone comes and requests her uh, opinions on things I would have so many questions for her about how did you um overcome like trying to overthink maybe if this is the right cut or not how do you see the big picture when it's all in film right in front of you. Um, Just learning from that aspect would be so fascinating to me. I feel like I would learn so much about editing my own films.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I I would just be fascinated to see conversations where men are asking a yes. woman in a professional setting for her professional I opinion. I wish I was a fly on the wall for that. Did they interrupt her? <laughs> like mm-hmm. did they interrupt her on her answer? Like, nope. That I can't <laughs> picture that. Especially in that time period.
1: Absolutely. There was a
0: there was a
2: scenario um, of a story, a famous story that is always told about her. Um, and she was showing the cut uh, to the director and they're always trying to be very low-key of who the director necessarily was, uh, or what the film was. but she's like, So you're telling me that you want that on a forty foot screen? <laughs> and then she waited for the answer. and then they would say, No, I don't correct. You do not. <laughs> she was no nonsense. Oh, she man. knew what worked and what didn't. And people came back to her, not because she was sweet. But because no. she was good and she was right, exactly. So that's how you get to stay. <laughs> and from 1915 to what, 1982? I mean, come yeah, on, that's amazing that's talent right there. And honestly, <laughs> if I
1: could go back in time and meet her and have her say, "I'm doing like a, even a moderately good job," that that would just be like, "All right, my life is my life is in a good spot." <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, and from from what I learned, she lived to be a hundred and four. Yes. So she she lived through the entire nineteen hundreds, which is just amazing mm-hmm. to, to like try to wrap your mind around all that she has witnessed and experienced and just been able to be a part of. Uh it's oh it's a it fascinating just like, fascinating excited and yeah. yeah, yeah, it really is. Absolutely. Leah, how about you? Who who would you want to oh, shadow and learn from? I I
2: can't get it out of my head. I would want to shadow Alice because I feel like we'd be on horseback and we'd be patrolling <laughs> through the New Jersey studio. We would check on set builds, we would check on costuming approval. We would film in the afternoon and I feel like it would be a film assembly line. Like I never really cared about, you know, Henry Ford and the whole automotive assembly line. But the idea of like a film assembly line run by a woman being on patrol on horseback by a woman, I'm like, yeah, no, I'll take that afternoon <laughs> over anything. I think that would be amazing just just to see it.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I did manage to find some very short clips um on YouTube of her on set. Yeah. And that to me is more fascinating than watching the actual actors, like the behind the scenes of the actors on set. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, there's Alice, like she's the celebrity, right? right? At least to us, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, she's she's the one that is just so fascinating and uh I I just really get a kick out of that. Like I could watch that over and over and over. There's something so amazing about watching these films that that were made before even the 1900s they're so incredible to think about the creativity and the just the willingness to take chances and invent and create and and do something that's never been done before like we we don't really have a whole lot of those opportunities these days because it's it's all been done right well, and now it's so more far, about we
2: think, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun, what's point. on the horizon? It's very yeah. hard to see forest from the trees when you're in it, but at the same time, you know, who knows? <laughs> Absolutely. Now you make a good point. Virtual reality <laughs> might be a thing. I don't know. Who knows?
0: <laughs> I, I had a hard time thinking about who I'd want to shadow because I was like, can I pick all of them I'd like just pick all of them I'd (laughs) like to say all of them and I you know I feel I feel very closely to Alice's story because I'm like it's from it's New Jersey it'd be so great to see like way 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 back then what it looked like because that to me is more interesting than Hollywood because we we've been able to see the old Hollywood glamour, we, you know, you could see the photos, you can see footage of that. You kind of, that's been preserved in a way. Yeah. Um, but to see something that's no longer there, it's gone would be fascinating. But um, I actually was, was going to go with Dorothy because mm-hmm. I, I really liked the fact that she worked with so many famous people. Like I would have loved to have been there the day she discovered Lucille Ball. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. That, like that to me would be so cool to just like walk next to her and be like, Forgive me, but I'm gonna be starstruck all day. <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> that that would be incredible. But um then at the same time now now that we've been talking about margaret with cutting to a rhythm and now under like now that i have a better understanding of what that really involves i would like to just sit and watch that i probably wouldn't even ask questions i would just want to watch just watch her whole process and see how she works um and of course just seeing their interaction with men that's that Mm -hmm. really fascinates me more than anything how how they've um worked their way through their careers while putting up with sexism it, it would be really incredible to be able to have witnessed that yeah yeah that, and and compare it to what we go through
3: nowadays now yeah, that was another question really was, interesting that was actually the question there the yeah that was the question i had in my notes that i would want to want like in the era of me too would they just laugh and be like nope that's just what was expected <laughs> back in our day like right people that play their s and you just were you just went with it or else you didn't have a job you know like i wonder or were they or was that not the case? Like, were they just, like you said, like, um, Margaret Booth was... This just was work take... and, yeah, never yeah. the two
2: shall meet. Yeah. Yeah, it was professional like to a certain extent. Yeah.
3: yeah, maybe it was more professional back then. Maybe it was... Maybe if you were able to make it as a woman, like, you had to have some sort of quality that you just... Yeah, that you wouldn't be pushed around or or, or whatever. Not that... I don't know what I'm... I don't, I'm trying to be careful how it's I a word good, it, but... Yeah, I'm yeah. with
2: you. It's a good point. Maybe it was a certain... A certain character,
3: you know yeah. what I mean.
2: That kind right. of made it into the the director seat and to the editing booth. And it's like, well, you don't mess with those ladies. Right. <laughs> you have a snide comment, you know, over a brandy, but you don't mess with those ladies.
0: Right? Yeah, kind kind of like how Margaret got the directors to answer her with a question, like, "I don't want that on the screen." <laughs> it's power. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well. Before we move on, if there's anything else anyone wants to say or discuss about any of these amazing ladies, please do so. I I hate having to move on because this has been so fascinating to talk about, but you have the floor.
3: (laughs) I mean, I just think just there's so many women pioneers we don't know about. um, And that was something that I recently learned from, um, I think Leah and I were talking about this recently, that there's even like the person who created the creature of the black lagoon was one of like the first female animators for disney studios and i right. learned about that from some guy who's just really into monster monster movies and he's like oh, oh yeah and i think she toured with it but then it became a whole thing due to copyright issues i don't know there's always some legal reason that things kind of go hairwire but um but yeah but just learning her name is Millicent, uh Millicent patrick and i think and she was more in the 40s so she was a little after these gals but i feel like we just, like, yeah, like we were saying earlier, there's just so much we don't know or so many people we don't know about because we just, they're not included in school, they're not included in, you know, mainstream culture or whatever. And I think it would be, you know, I hope we can get more attention on some of these women who are, even though they're behind the scenes, they're not any less worthy than like the starlets of their day or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, w- yeah, I would, they're,
2: they're hardworking gals.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I would love to see Alice become a household name like that that's that would be a nice little goal is like I want Alice to be known at at the very very least like that's yeah be lovely there is
2: a documentary that they're working on um it was a kickstarter project that was funded and it's called be natural it's the Alice Guy Blanchet documentary they're still working on it um they are I think they're doing some good work and so hopefully Hopefully that will help. Uh, Robert Redford um, was part of the Kickstarter. He was on the uh, on-camera interview. And so a lot of Hollywood celebrities are um, putting their money where their mouth is and telling Alice's story in a very dramatic way. So hopefully that documentary will be a game changer in some ways. Absolutely. Yeah,
3: that'd be great.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, Mm -hmm. nothing saddens me more, though, when people don't get their credit until they're not here to... Enjoy, to enjoy it? that. Yeah. Right. But Absolutely. we're here to um, at least make sure she that, gets it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I also think, you know, in a day and age when we're trying to raise young girls to know that they can do anything, that their potential is limitless, if we're not teaching them about the history of women who have done this, who have achieved it and we're only showing them, well, you know, this guy was the first who did this and this guy was the first who did that. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the biggest disservice we're doing to, you know, our younger generations of women, because that's, that's what really gets me the most about all of these pioneers yeah. you know, Agreed. is if, if we're not teaching about them, then how, how are we to give these girls an example of women who have already done this, you know? Right. Um, uh, it just it really just hits you right in the gut. <laughs> it does. I mean, because I very much relate. I, I thought that either
2: I needed to be... I knew I wanted to be in the film industry when I was like 10 years old. And I thought I had to be an actress because I saw that. You know, that's what you see on the 40-foot screen. And then I thought, yeah. well, I have to be a writer. Because for some reason, I, I see women writers, you know, in television and books. And, you know, um, so women are writers. Okay, so I have to do one of those. And it wasn't until I saw Penny Marshall direct madonna and direct tom hanks that i'm like that's a job i like that job (laughs) i want that job so you you do to a certain extent need to see it to be it so it really it really helps so whether it's a lady you know from 1894 (laughs) or 2018 it really does matter because little girls are watching absolutely absolutely absolutely
0: and uh what, what movie was that you were referencing, Leah?
2: Oh, I believe that was called A League of Their Own. Oh. We haven't mentioned We haven't mentioned it in a yes, in like half an episode. In, uh enough. we haven't mentioned <laughs> a league <laughs> of their own.
1: How long can we go without mentioning this one movie? Uh not long. It's
2: gonna become a drinking game, is what it's it gonna be. Go. It is. It is. <laughs> It's like, if, that would be great if you have on your
0: bingo card a league of their own
2: <laughs> please mark it now yeah
0: basically <laughs> no no pressure we have to just find a way to incorporate it into every no we've mentioned it
1: enough in your Golf friday just because we have not even realizing we have
2: <laughs> just happened it just happens all the time
0: oh man <laughs> Okay, well, with that transition, <laughs> we're going to move on. You're welcome. To <laughs> nine. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Leah. <laughs> you bring the puns and the transitions. I try. <laughs> <good for> <laughs> so, now we're going to talk I hope you've enjoyed part 1. We'd love to have you join the discussion using the hashtag MovieGals to share your favorite film pioneer and stay tuned next week for part 2.
2: For more exploration, including show notes and links,
1: visit galsguide.org. Add your voice to the discussion on Twitter at GalsGuideGalaxy. Support our mission
2: by becoming one of our Patreon members. If you enjoyed this episode,
1: please subscribe
2: to GalsGuide to the Galaxy. Thank you for
1: listening. Returning you to Earth in 3, 2, 1...